0: As we third and come home on the gospel community spectrum we've been ignorance awareness intentionality gospel community unpack it for us
1: well gospel community is that state that um, the bible would describe as really any people of god um, you know most notably where we're living out the one and other passages mm-hmm. and i think in the specifics of this uh you know, discussion we're talking about it's the result of intentionality matched with christian discipleship is going to produce that gospel community it's when um i am rejoicing in what you rejoice in i am grieving where you grieve i'm bearing your burdens as if they were mine i'm seeking as you said to understand before i'm seeking to be understood i'm bearing all things believing all things hoping all things that we are just existing as the body uh, of, of unified uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that look at each other, not only as equals, but as beloved um, mm-hmm. in, in, in the kingdom of God. Um, that's the gospel community we're, we're going for. And um, that's the, the, the direction that this whole thing will, will go. Yeah, and you mentioned that earlier, the idea it says
0: in Galatian, bear one another's burdens mm-hmm. and thus fulfill the law of Christ. And I think that's important when we talk about the gospel community and this reconciling work that God is bringing us together, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where we talked about it's not a real problem till it's that's right our problem yep. right and so we, but when your problem becomes my problems we got to begin to address it and so how do you wrestle with that tension you know i mean if it's not a real problem until it's our problem We're wrestling with the tension. Now you have a multi-ethnic church. I mean, we have multi-ethnic church, you know, and at our church, we got people who all voted. We have some people who voted for Trump Mm -hmm. and we got people who think you're the devil because you voted for Trump, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, and so we have these, um, for, for the president, we have these kind of dichotomy. Right. Um, and, but, and so how do you begin to empathize with such a wide dichotomy you know, right. um, in, in America, like you talked about 80%, 88% of African-Americans voted one way, 81% of white evangelicals voted another way. So when you have such diversity in a gospel community and you're trying
1: to be intentional right. and bring about this empathy, how do you do that well? So a couple of three things come to mind. And I'd love to hear what you got to say on it. One, proximity breeds empathy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So proximity, it is knowing you that ultimately allows me to see things through through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, You've said it multiple times seeking to understand before we seek to be understood listening twice as much as we hear being quick to, to, to hear and slow to speak. Hey, um, you know, I think is that and then the third thing I would say on those particular issues like that is knowing where we're really called to draw the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, there is definitely room in the body of Christ to have different strategies that may address the situation. That's yeah. why, you know, I would say the dividing line in this issue should not be between a conservative and progressive approach to mm-hmm. politics. Quite often it is. Mm-hmm. And people hear a discussion and they think, oh well you're headed toward, you know, this progressive agenda. The dividing line is not between conservative and progressive agendas to to deal with the situation. The dividing line is between people who are aware that there is a problem mm-hmm. and care about that problem and those who and those who aren't. And we want to make sure that we in the in the church put the focus on the right thing and not um not turn a deaf ear to it i mean sadly a lot of christians have said well the, the church is not really called to this we're, we're spiritual and yeah. and they they just you know, they didn't march in the, yeah. the civil rights movement
0: and that's a that's a great point um mlk 50 yep. that you know celebrating the 50th year of, of our grieving or however the death of martin luther king jr um, matt chandler had a statement in there that he talked about the idea of kind of grieving and lamenting but well and he was talking about how he was grieving and lamenting that he can take a passage talking about justice mm-hmm. and he says he's talking about justice and he applies that passage to justice to the unborn the Unborn, right? you know though, right? then everybody he gets high fives amen emails praising them and all that but whenever he says Taking that same passage of justice, but he talks about injustice amongst race. He gets a ton of emails saying, Why are you getting political? Why are you getting right? Can you ask, like, why is that? Why does it well, seem you, like that's why don't the you case? tell me your? I
1: mean, I'll give you something and then you, I'd like to hear your perspective on it because I feel like there's two, t- two different areas you could go wrong here. Mm-hmm. One is what you just said, yeah. um, and sadly, we've got a long history in the white church mm-hmm. of pulling into this. Oh, we're you know the spirituality of the church and we're a gospel people when. Um, you know, Martin Luther King was writing from a Birmingham jail saying, right. where are you standing with us? Right. And, you know, um, to, to, to go silence in the face of injustice is complicity in that injustice. Yes. yes. And we've been we, we, we have been silent when we should have been speaking. And that's that, that's such a danger. On the other side, it's very easy to encumber the church in. You know, policy specifics that go beyond what the Bible would necessarily call mm-hmm. for, which is why I keep saying, you know, there are some brothers in Christ who are men, you know, good brothers and sisters that will say, you know, they're going to lean more in a, a politically conservative direction as the best way to empower the poor. And there are others who are going to say, well, I feel like we need this progressive measure on this or that or whatever. And I'm like, that's a great discussion to have. I wouldn't put the authority of the church into the specifics. And so I think it's balancing that kind of thing of being, you know, speaking out against injustice mm-hmm. and calling for Christians to get engaged, and then also showing a little bit of restraint when it comes to the specifics of particular policies, knowing that, that Christians, good Christians can disagree on what is the best strategy for, right. you know, leading to, to the ends we want. Yeah,
0: and I'm thinking even beyond strategy though, it's this kind of like, why can't we nuanced argument? Why do we automatically get thrown into a category when you talk about race, oh, you're getting political, you know, but when we talk about the unborn, you know, right, right. It's not. that's not a political, that's a justice issue. That's right. a, you know, a biblical issue, but race is not a biblical issue. And that's kind of when we talk about gospel community, and if we're saying that the goal of of, of the gospel is reconcil- reconciliation, where we're reconciled to God and reconcile one another, right relationship, then anything that causes right. division or causes that divide is sin right and not only is it sin the bible goes on and says that it's the spirit of the antichrist right but how are we throwing that into yeah it's like i can't walk bucket?
1: i can't be the guy walking on the side of the road and seeing a brother somebody you know beat up on the side of the road being treated unjustly and step over that because i've got to get to church and that's not my issue that's that's hypocritical james 2 says that how can we say that we we love god and love others when you know we are turning away somebody that is being in, in need or, or treated unjustly and so i i, I agree I, whether you call that political or, or whatever you call it speaking out against injustice in the society um, if if you want to call that political, then we've got to be political because that's just part of being a faithful gospel people is speaking out against injustice against the unborn or injustice against Amen. brothers and sisters here in the community. And
0: I think it's important. It's not
1: an either or. Right. But it's a both and. What would you say to people who are fatigued by this and who feel like, you know what, maybe maybe just be easier if. You know, you kind of go off, Hispanics go off to their Hispanic church, and blacks and whites, and we'll give each other a high five at the conferences. But yeah. well, well, Why stay in this conversation? Well,
0: I mean, I think, let me just say this, and I think it's really important. I mean, we haven't really talked about this at all. I believe that if you live in a homogeneous context, it is perfectly okay for your church to be homogeneous. Right. I mean, we never said that. You know, it doesn't remove you from the issues. I still think that we, if right. we're going to make disciples in North America, we still got to address the issue of race. But you still may have a homogeneous church addressing those issues. Right. But I do think that the reason why we stay in the fight is, again, I believe is that as you trace through the Bible, that when God tore down the dividing wall, that the thing, I don't think it was by accident that he said it was Jew and Gentile, that his workmanship is that we're able to do what the world is not able to do. Like our country is divided and the church shouldn't be. The church should be undivided. The church should be united in the body of Christ. And, and And this is what the thing that Jesus prayed for. Yep. He prayed that we would be one. And I think that that's critical. So if you love
1: him, you got to love what he loves, and that's what he prayed for, Amen. and what better way to, yeah, I, I think of, one, I think of the glory of God, the glory of Jesus. Amen. It's demonstrated that Amen. way. Ephesians 3.10 tells us it may be the clearest and best indication of true gospel power, because like you said, it's something the world wants but can't mm-hmm. seem to obtain. So I do it for the testimony of Jesus. Another one that I'll just, you know, return to is I, you know, having now walked uh, several years with uh, brothers and sisters of color in our church, um, I love them. And I want to be in the same church with them. And ultimately, it's that love for them and a desire to see the glory of God that keeps me engaged in sometimes uncomfortable conversations that may be easier to just, you know, if I was in a a homogenous place, we wouldn't have to have them. But I'm like, they're worth it. You know, I want to be with them for eternity and and I I don't want to be in a church apart from them. And so, for the glory of God, not a love for our brothers. I mean, ultimately, if that heart is not there—the glory of God and, and love for each other—then any any resolutions, any you know initiatives we take on this will ultimately fail because love is the power behind behind all of it. And the yeah. other thing I always think yeah. about is, and we've touched on it a couple times here, is is the Spirit of God. Yeah. He He's the one doing this. Yeah. And we're not supposed to build the church for Him. He builds it through us. In Acts ten that we've been studying um, during these the, the, these times, Acts ten talks about how when Peter was still preaching this about God it loves, is then the Spirit, it's like the Spirit yeah. couldn't wait. Yeah. The, the moment we start talking about the gospel, the Spirit's like, that's for everybody, and boom. So, right. you know, Paul in Ephesians four two tells us to preserve the unity the Spirit creates. We don't create it, Amen. He, he creates it. Amen. And so it's like, you're either gonna be in step with the Spirit working toward the diversity and right. the unity of the church, or you're gonna be in opposition to the Spirit headed toward homogeneity. And right. I wanna be with him, not against it.
0: Yeah, you know, the Bible calls it the Spirit of the Antichrist. Hmm.
1: That's not a good spirit. That is
0: not a good spirit, and when we are intentionally dividing and working against him, it's the spirit of the antichrist, Mm -hmm. and that's why we have to call it sin, and we gotta address it. And that's why I appreciate our conversations of the gospel community spectrum of us going from ignorance to awareness to intentionality the gospel community. And once we get to the gospel community, it's not like we've arrived, you know. But it's like the gospel community continues to bear one another's burdens.
1: Yeah, and I want to thank you for your patience, not just in this conversation, but I mean you and I have been friends for a while, and your patience in walking with churches that are doing this and and how you and several people have just led. Um, I'm just I'm very, very grateful. I'm grateful that you've you've kind of pioneered the way and and stuck it out. And I feel like we're entering a time in our culture where we need your leadership in the church to to because we're facing challenges as a church in a culture that um, and we need not just white leaders that are part of the way forward. We're going to have to see this together and be able to walk forward for the glory of God and for the, for the good of His church.
0: Amen. And I think to kind of wrap it up, you talked about the idea of how do we, when we get tired, mm-hmm. whether it's the why do we keep bringing up the race issue or whether we have constantly bringing it up and nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. I really think that mm-hmm. it's for the glory of God mm-hmm. is the reason. And I love what you said, and I think that's a great way to end. Um, this time in this segment, and as we continue to spur one another on right. in being a gospel community, you know, to our neighborhoods, I, I really I think that this is what the world is missing. And what the world yeah. wants and the, wor- and the world needs is that they need to see, because the Bible says, we are able to love because he first loved that's us. Right. And that's what Peter experienced. Mm-hmm. And so he went from someone who refused to engage in Acts chapter 10. Right. He had to be put into a trance and then the spirit had to tug him to an advocate, right. to someone when the the next group of people came, he was an advocate and he was intentional about proclaiming the That's glory right. of All God. All the
1: resources are in the gospel. Amen. Amen. God bless you.